millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hmm? Ah! Hmm. podcast dedicated to the netflix show black mirror this episode this week that we are covering is season six episode five already the finale of this season (laughs) we're already at the end (laughs) but yeah titled demon 79 it was fast fast that these episodes did not go by slow for me it feels like we just covered jonah's awful the first episode right can't believe we're here already uh, for the finale. So uh, I've loved the season so far. Yeah. Um, I think you have as well, based on our other conversations. Um, what are your general thoughts about this final episode closing out season six, Demon 79? Is something a little different. Yeah, I, I really liked it. It was something, because it was something very different. And knowing, you know, uh, well, I'm sure... You may have some like news or something on it or an article or something, but the red mirror aspect of it and knowing, you know, like Charlie Brooker had said something about that. It's that label is supposed to differentiate the episode. It's like a companion piece to Black Mirror. There's mm-hmm. not a technology centerpiece to the show. It's focused on supernatural and horror. It still has kind of a twisted vibe of Black Mirror, but it's it's its own entity so to speak so um yes that he wants to play with uh and i like that so knowing that it was something just completely different where i didn't have to like attach this like oh what's the black mirror of it even though i didn't have too much trouble with that this whole rest of this season anyway mm-hmm. um maybe some others did as we'd seen some stuff i feel like maybe we did a, a good part of like bringing people around on those things though i hope i hope we've done our i job. hope <laughs> I, I, I hope that or at least maybe brought a little bit more understanding maybe even if yeah. you know you may not have still you know liked it like we did but you know yeah a certain level of and you know kind of like oh, okay i can see that side of, side of things yeah, yeah. But it, was, it was cool to go into this one knowing it was going to be something very different to see like well what is it going to be what can we experience kind of a different side of of this show and i think it was great the the horror aspects were great the tension was great characters were interesting but also the comedy and the dialogue and everything it was just very clever and very fun i had i it's a very dark humor kind of episode and i (laughs) love it very much for that (laughs) i i agree and i appreciate you leading off with this episode kind of being under that special label uh, of red mirror instead of like a traditional black mirror episode. I, I, cause I don't have that in the news day because we, we talked mm-hmm. about it last week a little bit with yeah. um, Maisie day where there was the debate that Charlie Brooker kind of had with himself about whether or not that episode kind of belonged under the label of red mirror, which as you mentioned is kind of like this little 
you know, subset of like Black Mirror, where Black Mirror uh, episodes typically tackle, you know, technology, contemporary social issues, things like that. Whereas Red Mirror, and in this episode that we see, deals more in like supernatural. Yeah. Uh, kind of elements so there there is some differences there yeah so you said you don't have anything really on it so i've got Mm -mm. not much but just a little bit of something that just i I thought was interesting because i i I looked at it because i was wondering i looked it up about whether there's plans for more red mirror whether it was its own show or if there's more episodes and basically what charlie brooker had said was depending on the response to this episode there may be more in the future, which then was just kind of an underhanded way of him saying, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to be putting out more Black Mirror seasons in the future. <laughs> that was just like a, a given, which I was like, oh, that's good to know that there's definitely more Black Mirror coming. But that Red Mirror, like an episode or two per season might become a thing if if people enjoy it and respond to it well, because mm-hmm. it gives him a little something else to do. So it's there's no like set planned where he's like, oh, we're definitely doing more. But it's very possible. He's very open to the idea of sprinkling in red mirror in the future it, and and i hope so because you know i we had such a break between seasons you know we've we it's not like we get black mirror um new episodes every year or anything like that you know we just kind of get them as they come mm-hmm. and i was really afraid that prior to this season that we weren't going to get any more charlie Brooker was like i just just not something i'm looking to write right now like with the um with everything that was going on in the world he didn't feel quite inspired uh, to, to write any more Black Mirror episodes, and I was like, "Oh man!" I was like, "I totally got where he was coming from," but it was it was a bummer because it's like, "Oh, we you know we really enjoy the show." So I I, th- I think I read something, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm kind of paraphrasing from what I read. But I I think I read something similar to what what you said, where he's kind of looking at what the reception's going to be to this episode, and and having an episode kind of focusing more on like a supernatural kind of horror uh, kind of element. Uh, and being under that red mirror label. Um, and I think he's also kind of mentioned, you know, I think he's looking to just branch out a little bit, right? I don't think yeah. he's like bored or anything like that of writing Black Mirror, but I think he's thinking, have I just overdone it a little too much? Like, have I, have I gotten to yeah. a place where it's not so easy to either, well, I don't know, I'm not going to say that right. It's it's not that he can't turn them out or anything. It's just like, have I have I, have I kind of reached a limit of right. constantly writing about technology? Now he wants to kind of do something a little bit different, kind of tip, you know, dip his toe into something a little bit different. And I love that. I love the branching yeah. out. Yeah, and the article I looked at, again, I don't have it saved or right in front of me, but like, so to kind of paraphrase what loosely what I understood from it, yeah, was he was saying that, when he started Black Mirror in those first few seasons, it was very much something that nobody else had ever done. Right. That it was just like this idea of, you know, this technology and like taking technical technological ideas and kind of pulling out like what's the worst case scenario of these things or how do people kind of lose their humanity in that? And he's done it and it's become this phenomenon. And now there are other TV shows that are coming out that we have like you know like some of my favorite like apple tv shows that i've like really gotten into lately silo or severance or stuff like that right. where like when you explain a show to that to somebody you're like oh it's like an episode of black mirror but it's own see like a whole show like it's yeah good point yeah you know becoming that kind of thing to where it is being done a lot more and people are coming to expect it and then also he i feel like he just doesn't want to be written into this bubble uh 
mm-hmm. and maybe he faced a little bit a little bit of that with this season of playing with some different ideas and then people going no that's not the show that you created um, for some reason <laughs> so <laughs> look charlie bricker you're not allowed to like branch out right out of this the the, the like the black mirror um you know that that we've known right know? so i could see why yeah he's very interested in kind of stretching the boundaries of what he does within his realm and letting those creative juices do some different things and it's I'm just like it. I, I am too. It's like when we see actors leave uh, a show who've been maybe on that show five, seven, ten years, and they're looking for a reason to get like killed off or written off or something because they want to do something different. Like they're kind of tired of playing that same character. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they're creative people. They want to explore different characters or different things. And maybe because of their schedules with the shows, they're not able to do a lot of other projects uh so they you know want to leave and pursue other things and you know we all get really sad about that because we hate to see our you know favorite actors or characters leave a show but it's hard to fault them with wanting to do something different and i feel like that's kind of where charlie brooker is kind of coming from this uh, it feels like the vibe that i got from that article was like just wants to try something a little bit different and (laughs) in my opinion you know, I know Maisie Day was not a, a technically a, a Red Mirror label, and we talked about it, you know, last week, but, you know, kind of talking about that episode and then what we're going to talk about during this episode. I liked, you know, I enjoyed, you know, getting to see some of this. It kind of mixed yeah. a, a lot of elements that I enjoy watching. So uh, I, I hope he does. I hope he yeah. continues to bring us, you know, uh, a few of these and mixes them up a little if he's up so um that was starting the news a little bit early i guess if you want to call, <laughs> call that news i didn't have anything specific there was really not a lot of you know i've ta- i've had some of the um you know s- snippets of charlie burker interviews i didn't really see him say a whole lot about this one except for what you just talked about yeah um and it's more focused on like the red mirror label uh so yeah i mean we'll get a little bit more um well with that being said let's go ahead and and dive in because this this episode, there was a lot that happened with, I don't know if this will be something that is specific to like Red Mirror, if it's going to be more film-like, but it was definitely a longer episode. So yeah, a lot to cover. Um, why don't you go ahead and start with your first point tonight? All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to start quick, light and easy. Uh, and then it'll go all very far downhill from there, and then we'll see where we go. Uh, no. we'll, we'll get, we'll, we're definitely going to start in the shallow end and then get deeper yeah. as we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I want to talk about the uh, police, the investigators, the detectives, whatever roles they are here, but uh, Len Fisher and Susie. Um <laughs> And just a little bit, we don't get a whole ton of them, but I thought they were really interesting characters as we see, you know, the first time we see them is after the death of, uh, Tim something, uh, I already Simons forget, but or something? Yeah. yeah, Simmons, he's, he's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Um, but yeah, the, we see him, you know, talking to the, the wife and the daughter, uh, to where Susie kind of picks up, it's funny that she's the one that takes initiative of like missing person. And he's just like. That's ah, whatever. He was like, it hasn't even been 24 hours. He's just out <laughs> drinking, you know, sleeping with some other woman, doing something. Is it typical, you know, man stuff? Uh, and she's like, well, his dog came home without him. So that's not usual. And then just you can see that uh, 
she's kind of more picking up on things. I think when the daughter comes in and her response, it's very much unsaid, but you know, Lynn's just like, Oh, whatever. And she's like something here. You don't see them follow up on any of that or anything, but yeah, but she seems to be more of like a people person. And then that's where, when they have Nita there at the end and she's asking, is like, is it, is it mad that I feel sorry for her? Uh, and I was like, yeah, she's been killing people, but like, they just think she's just bonkers. And it's like, I just feel really bad for whatever mental state she's in and everything that she's going through. And, and obviously she just seems to be a very empathetic character. So I liked that. And then I I liked her too. She seemed like she'd be a good cop. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, Lynn Fisher on the other end at first. Yeah. He seems kind of useless you know he's in the bathroom and she's trying to give him the update and he's like oh th- you know how nice of them to let you know i'm in here uh you know <laughs> but i he grows on me th- throughout the episode um they investigate the deaths of the holligan brothers where anita is brought up to them as like a person of interest uh because she'd never been there at the bar before she ordered quite the drinks uh sat <laughs> in the corner alone muttering to herself a lot of little red flags uh julie the bartender recognized her from possets the store she works at which does track because the first customer we see nita helping early in the episode was that same woman i did notice that so that's a cool little because <laughs> then when she pops up again when nita goes out to drink you're like she's familiar and it's like oh yeah she was buying shoes at the beginning of the episode oh uh, yeah she kind of did she kind of not really snub her but she didn't seem like yeah. Nita was trying to be very polite and the woman didn't like respond at all. Yes, just grabbed her exactly. back and left. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was the bartender from, from the, oh, okay. Uh, and yeah, I, I thought Nita was killing it. No pun intended with the, uh, impromptu lying to Fisher. Uh, cause very little of it was lying. She told the absolute truth up until incriminating, incriminating information would come up. You know, I, she didn't see Keith there until got pointed him out. Right. So, uh, <laughs> I thought she was, I was like shocked at how well she was lying to, yeah. to the cop because she was ready after that first kill was like ready to call the police and confess. She was yeah. so racked with guilt and shame of what she had done. And I was like, well, you're doing a pretty darn good job of knowing yeah. he's a cop. And, you know, they're, they're trained to really pick up on different things and nuances based off the you know people's responses and body language and things like that he yeah probably had a you know a suspicion but i was like i think you're doing a pretty good job for the most part yeah <laughs> so she, was, she was doing great but mm-hmm. <laughs> would have fooled me probably uh but yeah uh, officer fisher doesn't really buy it follows her to smart speech and as she tails him after loses them at the railroad crossing gives her just enough time to almost finish the job uh <laughs> Almost, but of course not quite. Uh, she's just real bad. Like she whacked him with that hammer a couple of times, but I guess just like in the legs or in the, like, I was like, what are you, he's, he won't, he, why won't you stay dead? Um, <laughs> yeah, man. But he does show up in time to, to stop her from killing Michael Smart. Uh, and he's honestly like super calm and collected and he talks her down really well. And Again, there's a lot unsaid in this episode that, like, maybe it's just me reading into things. But, like, I feel like because when she asks him, are you a good man? And he's like, you know, I, I hope I am. And that there's kind of this interaction between them where, again, I could be reading into it. But I feel like in that moment, he's thinking about when he went to her house and sees this fascist graffiti on the door. Mm-hmm. 
and the kind of trash that smart is that he understands like he doesn't actually realize what's going on about the world coming to end because some you know demonic (laughs) whatever (laughs) right but but he's empathizing with her a little Mm -hmm. bit like he has to step in he has to stop her because he has to do the right thing and not let her murder a politician on the side of the road but but i think in that moment he's looking at her eyes and is just like i can imagine the hate and the racism and the bigotry and the xenophobia and the things that you just go through on a day-to-day basis and she's almost like i can see something in his head going like yeah no i get it like it's only a matter of time till somebody is had enough like absolutely i i liked him in that moment too because it was different than what he you know could have done and what we've seen from like other shows or even in real life where they just throw you on the ground and you know push you into the ground and start cuffing you or or whatever he seemed empathetic in that moment and and yeah you're right you make a good point he can't be blind to the climate there of of where where they are in this um this time period and this part of england and all the tensions that are going on right now um and what she yeah like what you said what she probably has to deal with and that she's probably just has this like suppressed rage in her which yeah. i think is true because i think yeah. we saw pieces of that right you know before we even you know got to meet Gop and before you know this this whole uh story uh started unwinding um so yeah he he was probably just attributing it to that and like oh well you know she's got this uh, you know suppressed rage and um this is how she's you know taking it out and you know we we know that that dude's a piece of shit you mm-hmm. know as far as his politics and his beliefs so so yeah I, I i agree with you i liked him in that moment too yeah because even whenever she does kind of give up like instead of like you said like pushing her down on the ground and handcuffing her and all this stuff he just hugs her and like is mm-hmm. like come here i'm sorry you know like he's very warm to her in that moment and then even when they're questioning her in the you know interview room after you know, yeah, they're not buying the whole disco funk demon, you know, <laughs> urging murder to save the world. But but you can tell they're listening because right. they're running back everything. It's kind of like, well, let me get this straight. So you say this, this, this. And it's very detailed run through of all the information. Like they're listening to everything she says. They probably don't believe a word of it. She sounds cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but they've listened. They've taken it all into account. And they're like, OK, so here's what is all true to you. This is what you think is what's happening, and we recognize and understand that. Uh, which, again, when they run through it all, it does sound real crazy. It, the the guy from Boney M. The <laughs> I'm just like, okay, yes, <laughs> sure, that tracks. Okay, that's logical. Um, but I did like their rapport, I guess, or like you know, manner with her. Like it wasn't very overly because you know my soapbox, political, social justice views aside about whatever police things and you know now you know current modern society Mm -hmm. it's easy for a tv show to to show that extremes be like oh well there's cops in the show let's go ahead and make them part of the bad guys too but here it was like no like these are some real people who are just kind of on the outside of this story that could be adding to the problem but instead they're actually doing their best to be understanding and helpful even though they still have to do their job aside from it Right. Investigating murders, you know, um, and, and they don't know 
anything about that that Tim guy who was um you know molesting his daughter mm-hmm. uh even if the female cop was able to kind of pick up on some weird vibes, you know it wasn't something she knew as fact, yeah. Um, so I, I, I liked that they were able to be empathetic towards her. And like you said, like, listen to her, like, yeah, we don't believe you. And we think that you need help, which mm-hmm. I feel like that was at least the right, right way to take it. Like, okay, well we have to get your statement. And even though we don't quite believe it because it sounds way too far fetched, right? Like, yeah. you know, you, you, you have to do this in order to prevent an apocalypse. Okay, sure. Um, but they at least listened to her and not, not just shut her down. And I mm-hmm. think that he felt sympathetic towards her, too, when he uh, visited her apartment and realized that she's, like, alone. Like, she just seems alone mm-hmm. in the world. Like, she mentioned her mom, you know, had passed. And so she seems to just not, like, have any family. She's alone in the world. She's probably dealing, you know, with racism and hatred every single day, not just in life, but, like, at, at work. And she doesn't, like, have any support system. And she probably just, in in what they think anyway, she just couldn't take it anymore and had reached her limit and snapped yeah. or whatever. So it, it was it was great to see that viewpoint from uh, from law enforcement that they took a more sympathetic approach. Yeah, that's nice. Good way to kick it off. Well, uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting about. Um, this story was how um, we, again, and I think we talked about this in another, it wasn't this show, maybe it was um, another uh, show that we were covering, but this episode brings up the trolley problem. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, killing a few to save billions in this case, right? Yeah. Uh, Something got, just kept trying to like bring across like, it's only three people. You'll be less lethal than a ladder. (laughs) (laughs) you you pointed out when we started talking the humor in this episode Mm -hmm. and i just giggled so often i just i I really dig this dark humor um Mm -hmm. you know and uh really got a kick out of that and i giggled so hard at you know like just writing it off yeah you're you're gonna be less lethal than a ladder just really got me (laughs) good line but you know it, it presents you know an interesting conundrum you know you know it asks all these questions like can can you still be good if you kill someone you know do some people deserve to die more than others you know we probably had some of these conversations when we uh were covering dexter new Mm -hmm. blood you know um you know so if you know if you have to kill someone you know what's what's the easiest thing for you personally right what's um what would make it easier for you? What's the type of person that would make it easier for you? You know, Gop was trying to figure out uh, with with Nita, you know, well, hey, I, I, I've looked into their soul. They've done all of these terrible things, right? So making that a little bit easier for her to kind of, you know, stomach, if you will, what she had mm-hmm. to do. Um, so I, I loved seeing Nita kind of grow from this very mild-mannered very quiet like the 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 patience of of this woman <laughs> you know it when having to work with a racist coworker, yeah. you know uh a boss that tells her she has to eat in this grungy ass basement <laughs> because that her lunch uh offends someone else that you know, mm-hmm. because it leaves some sort of like 
you know, leftover odor in the air or something. You have the just... gall to eat food that's bland, not bland and flavorless and tasteless. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so, and then every, you know, and then, of course, even after work, you know, she has to deal with, you know, um, looks from the crowds and, and the graffiti painted on her door. Uh, so seeing her go from this very, because I'm like, there's no way that, like, she's so meek. You know, I, I just don't know how she sits there and smiles as the her boss is handing her keys to the basement to go, like, eat her. I'm like, number one, like, y'all don't have a flippin' break room you can eat in. Y'all are having to eat in, like, the storeroom, you know, back behind uh, the, the the curtain there. That's that's kind of crappy. But now mm-hmm. you're, like, being banished to the basement. Um, and she just sits there and smiles and says thank you. So to see her go from from that to a, a much more bold person there by the end i loved seeing that growth in her and how she got to be more confident taking that you know red jacket uh mm-hmm. you know off that mannequin and taking that as her own um, and in general you know i just appreciated the story itself you know being something a little bit different you know like you pointed out this is a a, a dark humor uh type it's almost like a movie um but you know episode and I love a good su- supernatural story, yeah, uh, and one with humor. So I I really dug it. They did a I thought a really great job, you know, with this. So I I love seeing some of those things, you know, and seeing that growth and these questions that get presented to us. Um, do you have Do you have thoughts about that? Yeah, um, I mean, I've got yeah, based off of a lot of things you said, like I've got like a lot of those go into like the next couple points I have. Uh, great, go for, for it for sure. So yeah, uh, thoughts. So I'll. Start. This is where I said, you know, start light with the, the police talk, which is fun. Usually, that's not where you start light. Um, right. But, but, uh, but then going real heavy because I was just gonna go. I was like, let's get it out the way and talk about it. But yeah, it was like this common, like this theme of racism and xenophobia and shining a light on that in this episode. And even though this is like a period piece, to where it was like going back to a time where it was definitely worse than it is now. Not to mm-hmm. say that it's not a problem anymore now because it definitely still is but not to this degree because this is uh 1979 is the year that they're in in this episode mm-hmm. so and i was looking again i i i'll, I'll google things while watching and just kind of seeing like what lines up and what doesn't and yeah so this rise in the 70s of the national front party in the uk is like a real thing that definitely like super super extremist kind of beliefs um that you know, I don't think are very prevalent anymore. I don't know if the party even really exists anymore. Hopefully not. Um, but yeah, but just seeing that. So from like that side, but even in the small things, like you mentioned, like the first time we see this coworker, Vicky, where, you know, the first interaction we see, which again, I'm watching it and going like, man, here's what I would do. And then I'm like, because I have privilege that I can do that. <laughs> Nita doesn't. Because, uh, you know, when she's like, hey, end your lunch early so you can go work with the customer. Because if I do it, it's going to cut into my break. And it's like, ugh. Because for me, I'm like, well, I would just say, oh, no, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> and then keep eating, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that's the time frame we're in is this, like, racism and xenophobia of the 70s. Where, like, she can't say something like that because... Then what? Vicky goes to the boss, and the boss is one hundred percent going to take Vicky's side on things, and then somehow turn it around to where Nita is being awful to her coworkers and employers, and then gets fired. It's you know just the little thing she has to deal with, like with that. Uh, 
Yeah, you think, like, yeah, you can just tell them off and, and, and do these things or say whatever. I'm like, oh, man, she's got a lot of, like you said, you know, a lot of patience and a lot of, you know, humbleness to just, like, not yell and not freak out and just stay calm. But it's like, honestly, part of that's probably fear. Is it's like she doesn't have that support. She doesn't have to where, like, okay, speak out against what they're doing or what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And then it probably only gets worse for you because you have nobody else there to back you up because this is the climate that you're in. And so there is this fear. I mean, like, she's definitely strong. She's a strong woman and a strong character, but, like, there is this underlying fear of just because being an Indian immigrant living in England at this time and just dealing with it. And, you know, it the main way that it comes across in this episode is in one of the lesser ways, but is just about her food, you know, where it's all very like, ooh, it smells like flavor and culture back here. Let's complain about it with all our mayonnaise audacity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, where she gets, gets sent down to the basement, like, you know, why can't you just eat cheese and bread <laughs> like a normal person? And I'm like, normal? You mean uncultured swine? Um, no. <laughs> yeah. For but, real. like, the the line where he's just like, you know, we go down to the basement and you know, he goes, it couldn't be further from civilization. And it's like a little line like that that really tells you that's what he thinks of her. Uncivilized, uh, like subhuman in some ways. Like, I'm sure he's been patting himself on the back like, oh, look, this Indian girl that I hired. How amazing am I that I'm giving her such an opportunity? It's like, again, I'm re- I read into a lot of things. It's like <laughs> these things aren't said, but you're just like the way he treats her where it's just like. Ah, it's despicable. Um, it is. It's gross. Yeah, and then the way she sees Michael Smart the first time, he's standing outside the sh- store with the little speaker on the car, and he's just selling racism and nationalism in the form of taking care of people, quote-unquote. It's like, oh, how nice. You know, uh, just she's been being bombarded because she shows up to work the next day, and what's plastered all over the windows is his campaign posters and things like that, and then finds out, oh, and of course my boss is, like, super chummy and good friends with him, and he's staying at his cottage, and it's all this, and it just, I could see, again, like, it feels like all of that kind of hatred and xenophobia and everything is just closing in on her, and this bubble is getting smaller and smaller, to where when we get to the end, where there's, like, that little moment where you're wondering, is it real? Is it all in her head? What is it? To where you kind of feel like you kind of go with, like you go with what like the police are thinking there at the end, and you're like, if it is all in her head, like yeah, she's kind of like lost it, and there's a lot, but also she's been through so much, and the things that are closing in on her, it's like, can't can you blame her a hundred percent? Like it's there's a lot of tension and a lot of rage and a lot of things like that have just been building up and building up, and you see mm-hmm. that a lot throughout this episode that. It's almost like, you know, Gop showing up with the end of the world is kind of a release from all of this for her, where she has something different to worry about and doesn't have to to focus so much on just the way everyone in her life is treating her. You weren't kidding when you said you were going a little deeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I love that. I love it. No, you're you're so right. Um yeah, I love the exploration of of those two together. And if if you're done with that point, I'll go ahead and yeah, jump into yeah. mine. Um it it's kind of short and sweet, but I loved 
Gop and Nita's relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, like you said, what he did for her in kind of giving her this release and this freedom. Now, not condoning like murder or anything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, that's not what I what I'm saying, but kind of you know releasing her from that. You know, I and I love seeing this. When when she first meets him, she's absolutely terrified of him because, of course, he shows up in, like, his true form, which <laughs> I thought, yeah, that's pretty terrifying. I kind of yes. I, I kind of jumped a minute there. I was like, oh, okay. It's a little intense, yes. <laughs> that was a little intense. So I think Bobby very... Farrell version is much better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. So I, I, told, I was like, yep, your reaction is valid there because that's pretty pretty scary, pretty intense. Uh, you know, for you know, meeting this demon for the first time, but yeah, once he took on the Bobby Farrell like image, yeah. you know, I was like, okay, now we're good, which was absolutely hilarious because he's all yeah. up in the disco gear. He's even still what wearing a the sunglasses. cool cat to help you murder people to save the world, right? <laughs> I know. But you know, uh, I felt like something was gonna kind of come of that because as she's watching, what was it? Was it the night before or that night or or the, the day before? She's watching. Yeah whatever program uh with the band and uh he's he's on stage and you can see he's kind of looking almost like looking at you you know mm-hmm. through through the camera or through the tv there and i was like this dude is good looking he's <laughs> he's there's something you can feel that charisma you know through through that tv so i loved that you know we see that come around again as he takes that form uh, and and chooses that to like calm her, you know, because it's like, hey, it's not gonna do any good if she's sitting here laying in the floor in a puddle of emotion. Uh, so yeah, decides to take that kind of form to uh, soothe her and be able to talk to her. Uh, and it was presented in a really funny way. I love seeing that, you know, their relationship develop. You know, she's very, you know, like I, I don't want to talk to you because if I talk to you, you're gonna become real. But he's very persistent. He can just pop up wherever he wants to, like, assume, you know, she could be facing him one minute and she's turning away from him to try to get away from him or ignore him. And he's right back again. Every, every corner she turns, he's right there. Uh, just being extremely persistent because he's trying to save his own skin. Yeah. Right. You know, it's his goal. He's like, Hey, this affects me too. I don't want to spend eternity in this, you know, uh, hellscape, you know, if this doesn't go through, this is kind of like his initiation. So it's, it's, it's in his best interest as well for, for this to go down. So he's, you know, being very charming. So I, I loved his character. I thought he was so funny and I loved their chemistry. I just, I love seeing it build from, you know, in the beginning where she's not wanting to have anything to do with him. She's very sarcastic with him. Uh, when, when she does start talking to him, she you know, doesn't want to believe what he has to say, but he's very persistent. And then by the end, you know, they're going off with each other. Um, mm-hmm. And I love seeing that build over the relationship. They had some really great lines and great chemistry. Yeah. When she she looks at him after she first kills Tim and she's just like sick over it. And she's like, well, I killed someone. He's like, yeah, but that was hours ago. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that one. Yeah. Uh. I just, <laughs> uh, like I said, I really dig the dig the dark humor. It really, yeah. really gets me. And she says again later, you know, because she talks about, you know, and I'm this will probably come up. I know probably in my next point you might have it in yours too. But you know, she talks a little bit about her mom, which we just mm-hmm. get a little little piece of. We don't get a whole lot, but 
um, you know, she's like, you know, now this is what people are going to think of me. And, you know, as they're conversing, she looks at him, she's like, I'm a murderer. And he's like, yeah, but not a crazy one, you know, <laughs> like, but that's all that matters, you know, mm-hmm. no one's going to think that you're, you know, you're, at least you're not crazy. You're, you're just killing people and that's okay because apparently <laughs> demons don't mind murder, right? Like <laughs> that's why the, was it Keith that she murdered that you know, he's, he murdered his wife. Uh, I think that was his name. Yeah. His murder didn't count is because, well, he's hitting for the home team, you know? Yeah. So. Um, so I just loved that building of the relationship and seeing where it went from the beginning, uh, you know, and then where it got to the end. So I totally believed, you know, because I was totally charmed by him. So yeah. I'm like, okay. hey, I'm, I'm, I'm totally buying all of this, you know, that she's just like, yep, this is just what we're going to do. And this is how I want to spend eternity, you know, and in companionship. So I, I loved that. I loved it. Yeah. That's one of my points as well. So I'll just like, oh, great. Chime in. Say what I've got, yeah, left on that is, yeah, I I really, really liked Gop. Uh, Yeah, Mm he's just a charming young demon trying to do his job, right? (laughs) Trying to make a name for himself. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he does. He's got this whole speech he's got to do, and she's just throwing the talisman around, being all scared. Like, come on, give a demon a break. (laughs) And I love that comedic aspect of him. He's just throwing, you know, trying to explain. What's happening as any regular run-of-the-mill task that needs to be done, you know, but pleading with her to just make it easy. Like, come on, just just say yes. Just say yes. Yes, just say yes. You know, just say just... it. Just say it. Just say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. <laughs> you know, we just kill three people as sacrifices so the whole world doesn't end in a nuclear apocalypse. It's a normal week. Just let's get it done. It's fine. Uh, yeah. And then we talked about, yeah, the <laughs> demon form is a little intense, so he chooses Bobby Farrell from Boney M, which she is quite fond of, so that works, I guess. <laughs> She's still like, Ugh. um, Showing her the vision of what it's going to look like if she doesn't, you know, uh, accomplish the task, mm-hmm. which when her eyes change, when she's seeing the vision of the apocalypse, it's a little reminiscent of some other stuff we've seen before. I thought it was cool. It is. Uh, it is, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and you talked about him just kind of teleporting around while she's trying to run away so he can continue to argue his case. <laughs> uh, yeah, the dark humor, yeah, the other. <laughs> that was hours ago. <laughs> but you're not a crazy one. Yeah, those lines I loved. Um, also, when she's calling the police and, like, he's bargaining with her, like, you know, again, like that trolley problem thing you mentioned, where it's, like, billions of lives versus these three. And to where then she, like, hangs up and you see that relief. And he's just like, see, I knew you were a good person. <laughs> it's like, only in this exact specific scenario does deciding not to turn yourself into the police for murder make you a good person. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, then their, their relationship, uh, I love when they're planning and setting up for kill number two the next night and she's going around like looking through the kitchen, like what to use. And she pulls out the knife. It's like, oh, you're not a knife person. It's too messy. It's like, you're a basher. You're definitely a basher. But I just love, she grabs the whisk and he just looks at her and goes, don't take the piss, Nita. <laughs> it's like, this is serious. Murder is serious business. Let's <laughs> stop playing around. Focus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, his uh, if he fails and Earth is destroyed, then his punishment, as quoted from him, is as such. He says, "Cast out into a boundless cosmic void and doomed to spend eternity in a vacuum of infinite nothingness, absence of matter, of time, of space, light, and sound. I would endure a profound, palpable, and ever-present lack of existence, alone in perpetuity, forevermore." 
makes it sound real awful loud. <laughs> but she just goes, sounds like my life. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, after everything, midnight hits and nothing happens immediately, which again, leaving, I know on my first watch, kind of in the place of like the police and maybe even Nita herself. But, you know, you start wondering, you're like, oh, no, was this all in her head? What's what's the ending going to look like here? Like, was any of it real? But but then the sirens hit, the bombs drop. <laughs> she was right. Bye bye, world. Uh, Gop shows back up. But instead of Nita being caught up in all of that, she chooses to join him on his little journey of being cast out into the boundless cosmic void, doomed to spend eternity in a vacuum of infinite nothingness, absence, matter of time, space, light, and sound to endure profound, palpable, and ever-present lack of existence, alone in perpetuity, forevermore. Because I guess it's slightly more bearable with a friend. <laughs> you know, if you have to go, it's, yeah, it might be better than going through it alone, I guess, if you gotta. So, yeah, those, those two were great. I It was like a, a dark, humorous version of Bonnie and Clyde or something. Yeah. You know, I, I just really in, enjoyed them, you know, on on the screen together. Uh, and... And yeah, man, that that ending when nothing had happened, when she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she's watching the seconds click and by until it gets to midnight. And I thought, oh, is that the twist? Because, you know, look, it's Black Mirror. You know, there's always going to be some kind of twist. And I was like, oh, no, is that the twist? And I started to get really anxious thinking, wow, she did all this for nothing. Like she and it was making me feel really sad for her. Like, oh, no, it was all in her head. Uh, you know, she was uh, making all of this up and and she actually murdered people, you know, and I was feeling really bad for her, uh, for her suffering and everything that she had done, thinking that she was, you know, doing what she had to do. Um, and then, you know, we, we ended up getting the like, I guess, a non twist, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, the, to me, I guess that was the twist was not the twist um, because it actually turned out to be what, what she thought. Um, yeah. Or at least, I guess, I don't know, I'm going to talk about that. That's definitely one of my points, too. But, you know, I'm just taking it for, for, for what we saw anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I loved all that, too. You pointed out some some great things. That's what we need a spinoff of. We we just need mm-hmm. a whole Gop and Nita, like, right. spinoff. Right, well, if he's Demon 79, then, like, what about all the other demons? There's plenty of others. Like, let's see, because I guess... He can't be the first to fail, so it's like a multiverse situation. They all have their own Earth, their own world that they're trying to work with. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know how all that works. Curious. Curious. Well, that takes me to like my next point uh, as we were talking about the end, because there were some things that I don't know. You know, like I said, I'm taking it as straightforward like what we saw is is what happened but i think there are a lot of questions here that make um you know make you question whether or not gop is actually real you know i feel like there's a little bit of her uh nita um her fantasy that plays into this as well Mm -hmm. and you know we know that she's been really isolated since the death of her mom uh, we talked, you know, about her being, you know, full of, you know, this like oppressed rage, uh, loneliness that wouldn't it make sense that she cr- then creates like this imaginary friend, you know, uh, and that imaginary friend kind of gives her a purpose. And 
you know, this reason as he's talking to her to lash out at the people around her. You know, he's even pointing out like her coworker, like, hmm, she wouldn't be a bad, you know, add to the list, right? Uh, so I, I think that kind of plays a, a part in it too. Um, and I think, you know, then you think of, oh, well, is it, is it too far-fetched to believe then that in this world, uh, Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror world or universe, that demons exist? You know, do is is that happening, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think that's something that it's like, well, that, that kind of leads you to think that maybe it isn't real. Uh, the theme song had a lyric in it that said, is it a kind of dream? Mm -hmm. um, and then... There was a book that Nita was reading called Creative Visualization. Use the power of your imagination to create what you want in life. Mm. <laughs> uh, there, you know, Nita kept saying to Gop over and over again, oh, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. Uh, which, you know, maybe putting too much on that, but, you know, that is something that she kept, kept saying. And Vicky you know, who was so nasty to Nita when she was looking at the, that red leather jacket that was on that mannequin and as mm -hmm. Nita's admiring that, she's like, you're dreaming if you think you can pull that off. Uh, when Nita was confronted with Tim and she was saying that she needed a doctor, um, and then she also mentioned her mother's um, at least suspected mental illness. Yeah. I don't, we... <laughs> We never got confirmation. She said something to the effect of, they said my mother was, was crazy, um, but it wasn't, like, confirmed. Like, well, was yeah. she or did she do something to make people think that? Or, you know, we, we don't know. But that kind of plants a seed in your head. Like, it, you know, did her mom struggle with something? And then that maybe get passed on, you know, to Nita in some way. Um, and, you know... When Gop is talking about this apocalypse is coming, you know, it sounds kind of biblical in a sense, but in reality, it's, it, you know, we keep getting all of these references to this warfare and these tensions mm -hmm. over nuclear weapons. It keeps coming up over on, uh, on the news. Uh, yeah. We see uh, articles in the, the newspaper and all of these uh, nuclear threats, right? Um, and Gop even says this is how it's manifesting. So it's I think if she if she were struggling with something she could easily interpret these potential political attacks as something more like de um demonic, right? Mm -hmm. Um so I think those are just things that make sense why people would question is this really happening or was it all just made up or was she just really dreaming and and was the ending just like all in her head? Um, but right. I, I, I don't take it that way. I think that what happened is what happened. It could go know. either way, though. It could be, it, yeah. It could. They leave it open because even at the end, when she like walks off with with Gop, does she really? Because it's maybe the you know nuclear apocalypse was real. The things that she'd seen on the news was building up, and the bombs dropped, and those things happened. But like the building that she's in is getting like demolished as they're walking away. So it's like, is she walking into the light or is she going into the light? Like, which one is it? You know? <laughs> right. Right. 
Yeah. I'm I'm choosing to believe it was real. Uh <laughs> only because like I said I love the uh relationship that they forged together, you know, this yeah. this demon and this mortal, you know, coming together in this weird, you know, kind of um attempt to try to save the world by you know having to kill three people and him mm-hmm. helping her along the way him being like her guide if you will or whatever yeah uh but instead you know they find each other and has kind of i i think a sweet ending yeah <laughs> as far as as far as the nuclear apocalypse goes it's a very sweet ending yeah yeah <laughs> Like you know, I'm, spend I'm infinite always... <laughs> nothingness together. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my own twisty way. That's how I choose to, yeah, to yeah. see it. <laughs> kind of sweet for those two. Maybe not the rest yeah. of the world that's being obliterated by nuclear war, but you know, for mm-hmm. these two, she's like, you know, well, what are my options? Getting, you know, dying in in this, you know, apocalypse or this nuclear attack or spending eternity with goth in this nothingness right but at least i won't be alone you know so that that was her option so that's that's the ending and that's that's the version i'm going with but i i do think they do set it up a lot to make you question whether yeah. or not um you know if what we're seeing or what she's experiencing is real yeah that's good i like it <laughs> uh I have one point that I don't like, so maybe I'll throw some other stuff into uh, <laughs> extra notes on it. But it's Change just kind mind. of like, yeah, we've covered most of it, and it's kind of like, eh, it's nothing. But I do have one last like big one that is just like that I want to go through. Uh, the sacrificial kills themselves. Uh, yeah. With uh, kill one going down, uh, the guy walking his dog under the bridge, Tim, uh, while Nita is arguing with an invisible demon, looking not super sane. Uh, but then, yeah, Gop, like, shows her who this guy is, the things that he does, uh, and that sends her right into kill mode. Uh, rightfully? Question mark? I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> world at stake or not, can some things be excused? I don't know. Uh, here at Strange Indeed, we don't condone the killing of anyone, regardless of what they do. Maybe I'm winking, exactly. maybe I'm not, we don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, but I do remember thinking even in that moment, like, what if Gop showed Nita this stuff about Tim, but what if it was a lie? What if none of it, just to make her kill him? Uh, but then later again, like I said, the police are talking to Tim's wife and we see that his daughter, Laura, is real. And again, reading into her face a little bit there, she definitely has this look on her face that kind of says, like, oh, if you don't find him, that's totally OK, too. I'm sure you're busy with other stuff like literally anything go bowling that's better use of your time you know she's she doesn't seem too broken up about daddy disappearing the look on that little girl's face like i i don't know if anyone else could read it but to me she Mm. just had like trauma written all over her face yeah um but yeah and then just trying to find the second kill uh where gop goes to work with her and there's like what about this what about this which again when Vicky comes in, you know, talk about, oh, why are you late? You're supposed to be here at nine. She's like, oh, I was throwing up. I thought I was sick. And then she goes, I don't want your germs. I was like, yeah, that sentence was loaded. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about the racism and stuff from earlier. But then I'm like, yeah, I agree with Gop. She's a filthy till swindler, punishable by sacrifice for the existence of humanity. Right? Right? <laughs> like, just uh, maybe. 
Uh, I didn't agree with his next idea, though. Leave the precious little old lady out of it. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Let's leave her alone. <laughs> but then even, like, he's thinking, like, the... Well, then this goes to the third one was the boss then. Because he's like, well, we'll go back to Vicky. Or to the boss. He's pretty awful. Uh, but, yeah, nobody at work for now for number two. So she goes to the bar. She needs a drink or two to get the job done. Or six shots. Um, <laughs> you know, For someone you who doesn't drink. That's know. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the song that someone puts on the jukebox as she's like looking at Keith and deciding it's going to be him is that hit me with your rhythm stick, which is just fun since she's a basher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we get the return of Keith Holligan uh, from, we saw him earlier in the episode where he's Oof. wanting to buy shoes, but then doesn't have the money to pay for him. But then he's just really creepy. You know, well, if you want to write your number down, I'd be okay. He's like, I wouldn't mind. It's like, yeah, I'll definitely be not doing that. Thank you. Uh, and oh, that she's the, the she's yeah, uh, he's the first like fantasy killing that she has where she like strangles him after him saying that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that dude gave off a lot of creepy yeah. vibes. He's yeah, not yeah. So then they go. She goes back to his house with him and it's like, oh, definitely not on the couch. <laughs> she's like, bedroom's better. By how much? Not not much. Uh. But yeah, the whole sequence with Keith is just very uncomfortable. Like, usually I kind of despise the, like, people using the term cringy. Uh, but if there's anywhere it applies, this would be it. Um, <laughs> it was a little rough. And then it's just, it gets worse because then the fact that he sits there, like, and just accepts his fate. He's like, are you going to hit me with that? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I had dreams and I figured somebody finally would do something. And you're like... And he's going on and on about, like, I loved my wife, at least I think. And she's like, okay, that's enough. But it just got really uncomfortable. Um, it was really brutal when he, like, knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And then after that, then she runs into his brother downstairs and then has to kill him in a panic. So that, that second night was a real messy one. Not ideal. Mm-hmm. Cuts it right at the deadline because, as then we learn, yeah, the... Keith didn't even count, so she got that second kill right at like right before midnight with her brother or his brother Chris. Because um, yeah, they get back to her place and it's like, oh, the mission's complete. He's like, you know, you got two, so we're done. Except there's still a line left on the talisman, so he's got to call six 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 for some employee support. Which I thought that's just a great little touch that that's what the number was that he dialed. Jeez. Uh, um, which again, customer support. The talisman. It becomes a three-pronged thing, but did, you might have it on, like, uh, Easter eggs. But uh-huh. the, the original two-pronged <laughs> talisman. Black Mirror just loves that symbol, don't they? Uh, <laughs> they do. It's, it's everywhere. around a lot, yeah. But, yeah, again, Keith didn't count because you can't sacrifice a murderer, which shouldn't have got known that before they picked him at the pub. It's one thing I wondered about. Like, yeah, that's a really good question. I I don't know Could because he he was still new himself. That's what like, I'm thinking. Like, initiation? that's how I kind of thought about. It. It's like it's his initiation. He's he's new, so maybe he forgot about that as well. Uh, yeah, it seems kind of because then he has to call because he's like, oh no no yeah you're right. Like it's like, oh yeah that is a rule. I should have remembered that. Um, because when they're picking him out, it's like and then he strangled his wife. So it's like, well yeah you. 
should remember he that he should not be on your list, right? Yeah. Because he's not going to count. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He should have known that. That's a really, that's a good question to bring up and maybe a, maybe a little bit of a plot hole because they didn't really explain it other than just, oh yeah, you know, it's a, it's a loophole or something. Yeah. Uh, but either way, two down. Need one more, which Gop's plan is Vicky. Um, <laughs> right away. Uh, I said, well, she's see, she seems nice. Uh, but then somebody else strolls in, firing up Nita's sense of justice, uh, even if it does happen to be a high-profile politician. And as then she learns from Gop, the kind of politician that Satan is very proud of and probably doesn't want him to be chosen so he can continue his wonderful work on Earth. But he hasn't killed anyone. He's eligible. So Nita's not going to take no for an answer. Uh, <laughs> she has made up her mind right tells vicky off nabs that red dress that she's been eyeing and mm-hmm. she's gonna you know stroll out to the tunes of her favorite band and gops form provider bony m uh <laughs> like when she gets in the car and he just turns and says you've changed <laughs> <laughs> crack me up also before that back in the shop though i skipped over uh she runs back into laura Tim's daughter, this little girl, because she's helping her pick out shoes for the funeral, which is a little awkward. Um, But then Gop lets her know that she did make this girl's life and future much better, except not really, because again, spoiler alert, she fails to make this sacrifice number three and the whole planet goes up in flames anyway. But, you know, Mm. that aside, um, (laughs) her possible future was better, but it really didn't matter. You know. Yeah. And catches up with Michael Smart, runs him off the road into a tree, which isn't enough. You know, like that moment where she's standing there watching the tr- like the car, like, is that it? Is it done? Did I do it? And then like the door opens and he starts calling out. And she's like, shit. <laughs> like, no, that's hammer time. Uh, and he's still going. She keeps whacking him, keeps going. Oh, it's, that dude it's, was still like it's, conscious. I know. It's as yeah. annoying as the fact that he was wearing driving gloves. That's reason. Oh my gosh! Choose him right, right there. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but <laughs> but it's like, who actually does that? Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but he was supposed to be sacrifice number three, and she just could not get it done. Yeah, that it was a little, a little. I said it was interesting, but it was also, uh, on the other hand, a little disturbing to see uh, how dark and how far she went, you know, yeah. like, you know, from, really, really out for blood. Yeah, from from arguing, like, I'm not going to kill this one person, to doing it on impulse and then, like, throwing up immediately after and being like, I'm a murderer, I'm crazy, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And just to see two days later, she's literally hunting down a politician, tailing him, running his car off the road and beating him with a hammer with this like sick look in her eye. And it's like, yeah, that was a quick 180, wasn't it? Yeah. She seems to, to get back to herself a little when she's at the police station, you know, she, yeah. realized, you know, uh, which, you know, like I said, it was, I, I think she's still kind of, she needed to to break out of some of that meekness and become a little bit more bold, mm. you know. And and I wish she had stood up for herself more with her boss or her coworker, uh, in that way, not not in a in an evil way or anything, but just like you know, verbalized more about her harassment and treatment that she mm-hmm. was having to go through. Um, 
Yeah. Maybe this isn't like the best PSA for people. They're like, tired of being stepped on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no. quit being bullied. Stand up for yourself. Wield a hammer. Wait, no, no, we've gone too far. Yeah. No, let's, let's not do that. But you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's okay to have a voice yeah. and, and to use your voice. So, so yeah, I, I, I really wish she, she had had that, but I guess, I guess I'll, all the ones that are treated her wrong eventually got her comeuppance because they were dying in the in the in the apocalypse and she <laughs> right <laughs> so and she gets to go uh live in uh a, a terrible existence uh forever uh but she has to do it with gop so mm-hmm. i guess that's the lesser of the two yeah <laughs> i like it um I only have a couple of Easter eggs left, so if you have more points that you want to talk about, go Uh, ahead. Just extra notes. Um, Okay. Let's see, because I said I had, like, another point that, like, just can turn into notes. Uh, Yeah, so we see at the beginning of the episode, she lives above a fish and chips shop, which Mm -hmm. I was trying to decide for me if that's a dream or a nightmare. Um, Because I love fish and chips, and I was like, it would smell amazing, and... You know, ooh, but fried also, fish and French fries all the time. But then, would I then get tired of it? It would it ruin it for me? So maybe not. I <laughs> I don't know. I've never. I, I don't know what it would be like. Either you would get tired of the smell and wouldn't enjoy it anymore. So then that would be a bad thing if it turned yeah. you off one of your favorite things. Or, it, I guess as long as it didn't smell like raw fish, because I don't. Right. I wouldn't want it to smell like a fish market or anything like that. I don't right. know if they have fresh fish that they're you know making up with their fish and chips but i think that would be hard Mm -hmm. uh let's see talked about yeah keith and and then the other fantasy of killing vicky like shoving her through the display case uh through the little glass there which you know it's just like she just wanted to kill her just because she was packed full of ignorance and arrogance and it's like i i guess i get it um, <laughs> she's sitting there reading this like national front like stuff and just like going on and on it's just like yeah just that's one way to shut her up um yeah which i think by that time i knew that that one wasn't real but man yeah. for just a minute i really thought like she had grabbed keith like that in, mm-hmm. in the store when he was there to buy shoes I was like, yeah. oh, hell, we're starting off, like, hot, you know, <laughs> very oh, here quickly. we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then her pricking her finger and finding the talisman, getting the blood on it, which starts this adventure for her, uh, which, again, yeah, the little, like, white bear symbol that Black Mirror loves so much. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, any other just random notes? Uh, while she's trying to run away from Gop first, which then why she winds up down by the little river, the, in the canal under the bridge um i paused it to take a note about something else and then was reading the posters that were up on the wall as she's running down the stairs and i was like oh look the specials are playing thursday and friday you should totally go if you don't you know into the world because <laughs> <laughs> man if i could time travel back to 79 and go see the specials play live that would be amazing what an amazing time. <laughs> so I was just looking at that poster and be like, oh, I bet that show is going to be amazing. <laughs> Catch it while you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then let's see, yeah, the uh, Nazi fascist uh, national front, uh, NF, um, 
these other uh which then you're kind of thinking like what's the connection between them and michael smart but then as he's talking with vicky you know i was again uk politics of the 70s i'm not super brushed up on um i'm not either i learned a few things yeah so i wasn't sure what the connections were but then yeah when smart asks vicky so i have your vote she's like i'm actually going to vote for national front then you realize oh so they are separate entities Mm -hmm. but then we learn from him that they have the same goal in mind he's just hiding his xenophobia and hatred and evil instead of printing it directly on the flyer like the more extremist group does um and we learned that that he is just as extreme if not more than even them because nita demands to be shown his future from gop and so yeah his ultra conservative party kicks him out for being too radical and racist so he goes out on his own to do this on his own like extreme platform and then he gets elected there and that leads to all kinds of things like domestic terrorism profiling the robot dogs for metalhead climate disasters all kinds of stuff (laughs) yeah very very scary and and that's that's what made him, I thought, more scary than that NF National Front, which that's what I, the, I, I didn't catch it at the time, but the NF that was on, painted yeah. on her door, that's what that stood for. Yeah, because um, I guess those uh, those two guys that were smoking out right. there, kind of by the fish and chip shop, when they saw her get home that night before or whatever, they decided to do that. Right, and that's what's really scary about uh, politicians like, that Michael's smart it's like they have all of these same beliefs they just wrap it up in a pretty package Mm -hmm. and aren't as overt about it as like this other group is who just like you said printed on their on their pamphlets and that's why he's like you know telling Vicky like your vote's like a wasted vote like Mm -hmm. you vote for them they're not going to win they're (laughs) for me and I'll do the exact same thing they're trying to do but but it's hidden better Exactly. Yeah. It was it was gross. Uh I did have one other note. Did you have any other notes? That's all I've got. Okay. I did want to just kind of mention that it seemed like, you know, as we're talking about like, well, how real was this? And I you know, it it leads you to believe that this wasn't the first time that something like this could have happened because when Nita goes to the basement Uh, to eat her lunch and she sits at the desk and she's kind of rifling through one of the drawers and uh, before she finds that little talisman uh, which to the cops look like a domino so again Mm -hmm. you're like what the heck was it a domino was she only seeing this this symbol right you know herself uh but that's probably what it looked like when it's probably not activated maybe i don't know as to like you know someone else but she finds articles that I, i guess this desk you know, belonged to, it was a Posset, Mr. Posset, the starter mm-hmm. of the, the department store that she worked at, that indicated, could he have been first, or, or not first, sorry, that's probably wrong, but before Nita, yeah. uh, because he was in possession of this talisman, and there were articles about people dying, like yeah. someone getting uh, locked up into a wall, um, and, and these deaths, so, and I think there were three of them. So mm-hmm. could this have happened before? I thought that was an interesting little. Yeah. Then um, it was like, ad. yeah, like three deaths. And then the last one was just like, oh, May Day celebration goes off as usual. And it was a fun time. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, if it has to be done before that day. So it was like he kept the clipping of like, 
and it worked because then the May Day celebration happened and life continued on. Right. <laughs> There's so many different ways that you could look at it because you could yeah. also look at it that it was something that was, you know, she was seeing three deaths and then May Day and she could have had that just ingrained in her, um, you know, conscience. And then when she sees Gop or if, she, if, if you believe that it was imaginary and she thinks that she sees Gop, that this is, you know, what she thinks has to be played out because she had she had seen those articles and then May Day and that's how it all kind of started to form right, in, right. in her head. So they definitely do leave it open-ended. Uh, so I guess you can choose to believe whatever you like. Um, and then Easter eggs. You, you mentioned uh, Metalhead, which that episode still scares the hell out of me because, I mean, we have those today. I mean, they're not uh, programmed to kill. <laughs> yet those robotic dogs. boston robotics the bo- <laughs> boston is, dynamics or whatever yeah <laughs> they scare the hell out of me i'm like i just don't like it uh it's no. too many things coming coming to fruition here it's like it's only just a matter of time before they the wrong people get a hold of that technology <laughs> um but yeah we saw uh those in season four episode five uh episode titled metalhead um, the the dogs, robotic dogs, act as dystopian hunters that uh, are programmed to kill. Uh, Locke Henry also, I think, very, very briefly mentioned uh, those robotic dogs. Uh, and then you touched on uh, the white bear symbol that mm-hmm. appeared uh, on that talisman that Nita uh, used that summoned Gop. Um, so we've seen the white bear logo referenced a lot yeah. in Black Mirror. And there was even a poster. Or there, I think it was. Um, there was a symbol in Beyond the Sea that was in the wall uh, that they mm-hmm. had like painted in blood or whatever. That was um, that symbol. I think it's definitely used a lot in the Black Mary universe, and it's definitely seen as one of a more like I think like sinister yeah. Easter egg. I almost feel like there's been that. like a white bear reference in every episode this season. There, I think there even has, in Joan is awful, there was one too. Like it wasn't the symbol, but it was the the name of the law firm was was her yes name. yes yeah i think it was i think yeah in this season i think it was mentioned a lot i'd have to go back and look at the other easter eggs for mm-hmm. um the other episodes but yeah it was it was mentioned a lot and this one wasn't called out specifically but you mentioned when nita when gop would show her uh you know when he was showing her like what to expect from the apocalypse like well here's what's going to happen or when he would show her uh uh, Michael Smart's like well let me see his future her eyes the way that they would turn looked very much like the the like what they call it was it the bean or something that they called it in uh, another Black Mirror episode or uh, episode the entire history of you mm-hmm. which was from uh, season one season one episode three one of my favorite episodes love love that one if y'all haven't watched it I highly recommend it uh, but that uh, kind of uh favors favors that as well inspired by i guess it's uh have it somewhere uh the grains grains the grains why did i say i said bean my goodness it's been that kind of day my brain (laughs) is a bean right now (laughs) that's having a rough tuesday uh yeah excuse me um well, that's all the thoughts that I have about this particular episode. Is there anything else you want to say before we move on to listener feedback? 
I think we've got it all. All right. Well, let's see what our listeners have to say about it. Our listeners are always so insightful. I'm, I can't wait to hear what they have to say. Do you want to start? All right. This one comes from Don Elizabeth saying, Well, I really wanted to be blown away by this episode, but sadly, I'm not. I liked the story and the acting, but it just seemed a little lame to me. I did like the music, which is different for me. I usually don't even notice music. I recognize the actor who played Lynn, the cop, as someone I knew from Misfits. Other than that, I don't have much to say. I hope the end would have been more spectacular. Something I couldn't imagine sort of ending. I look forward to everyone else's comments to see if I change my mind. On an aside, I would love if you covered the bear. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the vote, Don. (laughs) Yeah. Which, yeah, a little update on that real quick. We'll take a tangent. I did start watching the bear after Remo was talking about it. I may or may not have already finished the first season because <laughs> um, <laughs> I texted uh, Rima on Sunday uh, like a picture because I said I may or may not have already finished season one and I may or may not also have made a specific lunch choice because of that because there is a local sandwich shop here that makes a killer Italian beef and after binging yes. through that first season it's all I wanted so I was like well I'm definitely getting that for lunch on Sunday <laughs> and it yes. was so good so good oh my goodness and I'm already yeah. a couple episodes into season two I'm trying to like parse it out a little more so i don't just like binge through season two so fast and then be left with nothing but season two is a very interesting different direction i'm not gonna say much of anything but i'm i'm intrigued by it so far for sure. it's so good it's so mm-hmm. good and i feel like sometimes it, or maybe at this point everyone's just like oh, i will start watching it if you just be quiet about it but <laughs> <laughs> you finally wore it's me really... down um, <laughs> it's so good it's great i'll, I'll do i'll use whatever tactics yeah. that are necessary. <laughs> Uh, I'm a fan. I'm I'm taking my time with season two. I'm really digging it. I'm you know taking it slow because I'm I'm like well once I finish it then it's done. You know I mean I can go I know I can go back and rewatch it but uh, you know you only get that first time once. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling that it gives you that that first time only one time. So I'm trying to really kind of savor it and and take my time with it. But you know I I think we kind of chatted about that that there was you know some little whispers would that be something that we might consider and um you know someone kind of mentioned that so i appreciate your vote there dawn i um sorry that you didn't like this episode of black mirror though that's okay um i think there were a lot of folks who you know felt that way so you're not alone in in those thoughts um good music though she's right about that yeah oh yeah for yeah sure. definitely some interesting music Uh, We got an email this week from our good friend Daphne. She says, Hi, Rima and Paik. There is a lot of discussion online as to whether Nita was insane and imagined everything that happened in this episode. While arguments could be made for either, I am leaning towards it being real because everyone at the end witnessed the bomb and were obliterated by it. As a metaphor, I think Nita was already living in her own little version of hell, given the cruel treatment by those around her her boss, co-worker, and the vile Michael Smart. Though unconventional, I think Gop may be the only true friend that Nita has ever had. He also had a fondness for her, and her final decision to go off with him to the eternal oblivion seemed like a fitting conclusion. What would you have done when faced with the apocalypse or the eternal oblivion? I really like the season as a whole, and I'm left wanting more episodes already. I hope it doesn't take another five years before we can reconnect with the series. Looking forward to your thoughts as always and hearing what's up next for Team Strange Indeed, Daphne. Awesome. Yes. Hmm. 
What, what about you, Paik? Apocalypse or Eternal Oblivion? I don't even want to try to make a decision <laughs> on that. Ah. Uh. I mean, because, like, you wouldn't think, like, well, I just, do I just die and stop existing and it's just whatever? Or it's, like, at least with Eternal Oblivion, I can hang out with my boy Gop for a while, but then, like, eternity and infinity is kind of a long time. Like, what if we end up hating each other? Then it's just even worse. (laughs) Yeah. What if after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, you know, if time even exists, which it doesn't sound like it did, you know, but if... If you think of that much time going by, what if you end up hating each other? And then it's miserable. So I don't know. I'm kind of torn on that myself. I think if you could stay as connected as what they are in that moment for eternity, then I'd, okay, I think I would pick that. (laughs) Thank you, Daphne, for writing in, as always. Appreciated all your thoughts. for all of, of the season. And I'm going to miss it too. I, I know we've talked about that a little bit. I hope it doesn't take as long. Yeah. We got a voice message this week from our good friend, Steve. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, strange indeed. This is Steve. And this is for, uh, what is it? Demon, what? Hold on. <laughs> Demon 79. Um, okay. Right. I'm already loving this beginning, this uh, kind of 70s horror film beginning. Uh, what was it? The Red Museum Presents or Red? I can't remember. Okay. I'm just going to go out on a on how creepy this is. That The very beginning with his bright eyes and this shop girl. Yeah, it's super creepy. Okay. Even though I knew that was fake, that whole her grabbing him to strangle him was still pretty cool. Ew, so you're going to send her to the basement to eat her lunch? That's just tragic. <laughs> Okay, one of these times, she's actually going to do this fantasy of attacking somebody. <laughs> just pushing this girl's head through the display case. Wow. <laughs> Garth the demon talking through the blood-anointed talisman is hilarious. Wait, so she said yes, and now the demon's going to leave her alone? What does that mean? Okay, so she's got to actually do the killing? The demon doesn't do it for her? Oh, that's bad. Of course, we don't know if this guy actually is a pedophile for his, with his daughter, but yeah, uh, she just killed him. <laughs> so he's a demon Chester, is that right? The, the angel of the one with full life, Chester, yeah. <laughs> so she shows up late, and the demon tells her that the woman that's giving her problems is stealing from the till. Interesting. So she has to pick someone by midnight, and now they're listening to a Doctor Who knockoff? Okay, so what, she's going to use the hammer to kill this guy, Holligan? Oh, dang, and she's going to go to town on him now that she's hit him. Dang, and now she's killed another one with a knife. Whoa. Uh, wait, there's still another death to be had after the third one? Okay, so there are rules as to who you can kill, who you can't kill. Uh, so if he's already a murderer, you can't kill him. Doesn't count. Okay. Oh, and now she's got to get choose for the girl who she killed her dad for. Ooh. Oh, that Michael Smart was like, he deserves to die. Oh, so she's going to kill Michael Smart. Ooh. Oh, and now the cops are at her house. Apartment. Oh, so the Michael Smart guy drives under a train. Oh, and she gets there before, and now the gates are closed. Okay. Okay, so she ran off the road, but he's not dead yet. All right, so I guess we'll see what happens. So she didn't kill him. Okay, so now it's midnight, and what's going to happen? Okay, so I guess that's just it. She goes to eternal oblivion with the demon, and the world dies. 
All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> A lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Steve, for that voicemail. All right. That that concludes our feedback. All right. That Thanks was it this week. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those who stuck around with us. <laughs> I know. I know. I was hoping we'd get a little bit more. So thank you, everyone, that joined us for season six of Black Mirror. Yeah. Quite a treat that we got it because didn't I know I didn't expect it. So when it was announced, it was quite exciting. Yeah. Uh, so we still haven't yet decided what we're doing next. So as of right now, we don't have an episode planned for like next week. We're not sure what we're covering yet. Uh, Pake and I will have to have um, some talks about what we would like to cover, what's coming up. I feel like there's so much, you know, when there's like so, so much content coming out, it's like, I don't even know what's coming out. Like, like trying to like go through all of it to see yeah. what, what is interesting and, and something that we would want to cover. So. I need to really take a look at some what's out there or maybe what's upcoming soon uh, to cover. So we'll talk about it. And then I would just advise everyone to just like keep an eye on our socials. Hopefully y'all are following us on our socials. Uh, if you don't know what those socials are, they're on podcastica.com, which we'll talk about in a moment as far as like um, our contact information. But you can find all of our socials there if you're not already following us. Um, yeah. You know, go give us a follow uh, and just, you know, I would say stay tuned. So, yeah, I think there's a couple of uh, ideas. I'm not going to say anything publicly or for sure right now because we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll roll on it. Yeah, no promises, but yeah, I think there's there's a handful of things coming up that we're we're considering or talking with others about or trying to figure out how we feel about them. But yeah, yeah. stuff's coming up, so stay tuned, and we will let you know as soon as we can where we yeah. go next on our adventures. And yeah, in the meantime, I'm going to enjoy at least a, a week or so off just to take a little bit of a break and mm. take some downtime until we can converse. So yeah. I'm excited to see what we come back with. And I hope y'all are too. And I hope that y'all join us for that. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, in the meantime, if you want to reach out to us and give us any ideas again we're open to ideas for maybe what you guys want us to cover if you got some ideas for stuff coming up or if you still have some thoughts and stuff on black mirror that we didn't get to this week if you didn't have time to send it in but now that we've finished if you have some thoughts or some other things you want to say we still would love to read stuff from you we get everything so you can always reach out to us on all the socials and all that stuff again podcastica.com is where you will find links to all that stuff if you don't already follow and while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows like Run for Your Lives with Pake and Daphne. Yeah. What have y'all got cooking this week? All right. We want to talk about uh, darker and, <coughs> excuse me, darker and like deep, serious conversation. Uh, we could do that this week on Run for Your Lives as we are talking about the uh, emotional and disturbing horror film from 2014, The Duke. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh quite a heavy one, but Yeah. It was it was a it was a good conversation. I think it's a pretty solid episode breaking that one down and talking about some stuff that's in there and some thematics and 
kind of similar to this, like really trying to break down what does it all mean and how does this actually end and what does that stand for? And so it was really fun. So if you're a fan of that movie and that kind of stuff, definitely check it out. And we would love any feedback and stuff over there on that as well. Comes out Friday. Heck yeah. That's a good one. That there was, I remember a lot of interesting conversation around that when that movie came Mm -hmm. out. So that'd be really great. Yeah. There's been, uh, some great things on Podcastica lately. I know Ben and his roundtable of co-hosts uh, wrapped up Dead City, the, mm-hmm. the Walking Dead spinoff. That's been wrapped. Um, there was also, excuse me, uh, let's see, it was uh, Kara, Penny, and Jason covered Barbie for something <laughs> a little bit different. And not necessarily on Podcastica, but a little bit of a joint venture between Ben and uh, Kristen on the Wilhelm podcast covered Oppenheimer. So kind of covering a whole Barbenheimer. Yeah. You had to jump into Barbenheimer. Yeah. It's a, yeah, Podcastica and uh, Wilhelm with Next Level Network. Uh, kind of, yeah, joint thing. So both episodes are on both feeds. So you get the Wilhelm episode over on Podcastica and you'll get the the Barbie episode over on the Wilhelm feed as well. So joint effort there. So go check those out. I still haven't seen either movie, but Oh, I'm excited. I'm curious about them for sure. (laughs) The kiddo and I did Barbenheimer over the weekend. Nice. Uh, I and you know, I didn't initially want to see Barbie, just judging it from the trailer alone. I didn't really know what it was about or what to expect, but I was just like, I don't know if this is for me. But I really wanted to see Oppenheimer. And she really wanted to go see Barbie. Uh, so I was like, okay, let's just do both, right? Let's, mm-hmm. let's jump into, uh, you know, the current, you know, craze right now with yeah. watching both of them. I'll, and, and for her, I'll do anything, right? So I was like, yes, <laughs> I will go watch Barbie with you. And ended up, you know, really liking it um, a lot. Uh, it definitely was not what I expected. So to me, that was a good thing because I was, I was thinking it was just like, oh, this is going to be really cheesy or whatever, right? Is all I could think of. And it turned out not to be that. It was, it's really fantastic. So I was pleasantly surprised. I love it cool. when, you know, I, I get turned around like that and yeah. something uh, subverts my expectations like that. So, uh, and Oppenheimer was, I mean, I'm a Nolan fan uh, mm-hmm. for, you know, quite some time. So, of course, really loved Oppenheimer too. So, yeah, check, check those out. Um, doing something a little bit fun on Podcastica. Sure. So yeah, so make sure to go check out all those shows and even this one right here, Strange Indeed. Show love to all of us with giving us, you know, follows, subscriptions, whatever you do on your podcast player of choice. Rate and review, five stars, whatever you can do over on Apple Podcasts and everything else. Always appreciate it. And that also helps us get seen by other people more and more the more you guys give us that love. So we always appreciate it. Yeah, please and thank you. It's harder and harder to be found when Mm -hmm. there's so many podcasts out there. So really, really does help when you subscribe and and give everyone a like and a follow. And of course, tell your friends, you know? Yeah. But all right. For now, that is our show. Until next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Anna. And Jonathan LaDuke is strange indeed.